Welcome to the OCRWC podcast. Today, I'm joined by OCR athlete Alex Walker. Currently sitting second in the Savage Series, 2023 is looking to be her year. We talk OCR, OCR coverage, body image, and the importance of strength for longevity. Hi, Alex. Thank you for joining me on the OCRWC podcast. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I've been watching you recently. Well, this year, you've kind of come to my attention a lot already. Uh, I've been doing some of the commentary for the OCR report on the Savage race. So I've been calling your excellent performances at those races. And uh, we had you kind of top of the OCRWC athletes ranking in the first month of this year. So to me, your name has been sticking out a lot this year. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. <laughs> it is. But obviously, I know, you know, this isn't just your name sticking out. You've come from nowhere. You've just, I know you've been around for a long time. So let's have a bit of a chat about who you are and what you do, what you love to race and, and where you came from. Yeah. Um. So I live in Texas and I'm a dental hygienist, but I'm also a mom. I have wow. a 15-year-old. And I grew up in South America, but I moved to the States when I was like 15. Um, and then I kind of fell into OCR after I got divorced and picked up running and did a Tough Mudder and then fell in love with the sport. <laughs> the classic story. I did one and I fell in love. Yeah. So how did you go from doing a Tough Mudder? And when when did you do your first event to deciding that you were going to start competing? I did my first event, I think, at the end of 2014. Wow. Um, but I noticed in like Tough Mudder, everybody was like helping each other. And I was like a competitive person. So I was like, well, I want to be timed. And how does that work? So that's <laughs> where I did my research and found Spartan. So I did my first beast in Dallas. Um, at the time, I didn't know anything that there was like elite um, or like open heat. Mm. So I like went and did the open heat. And then I was like, oh, I can't even climb a rope. So how do I <laughs> train for that? Um, so I found a gym outside of San Antonio, Texas that does obstacle course training, mm. which is power park fitness. And they have like a full outdoor course. And I learned how to like climb over walls, climb my first rope, monkey bars, do all of those things. And then they have a full ninja gym inside as well. Cool. So I kind of found them, learned how to do all that. And then I met people who were like, oh, did you know that there's like elite, you know, entries that you can do and can be competitive with it? And I was like, no way. So signed up for that and kind of all she wrote at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you take on your first competitive wave? Uh, 2015. Oh, wow. So quite first. quickly. Yeah. Like as soon as like I did my first open, I went into doing the elite after that. Nice. And how was that? Um, I was not a very good runner. <laughs> and I like, I'm very competitive in the sense that I always like to see how well I can do and then better myself after that. So I would look at the top girls times and then I'd be like, okay, what do I need to do so that I can be with them? Um, and so I would just like pick apart my races and then like slowly just kept getting better at it. And then at that point, I was like, who coaches them? And then I found Yancey Culp and he coached a lot oh, of the nice. top OCR athletes. So I was like, take me on. And we <laughs> became like coach and trainer and all that. And then and um, as soon like within four months of training with him, I ended up on the Savage podium. Wow. Um, so that's kind of we've been he's still my coach and we've been with each other for the last six, seven years. That's a huge progression in a very short amount of time. 
Yeah. <laughs> so what was your drive to compete? I know you said you're very competitive, but what was it that made you go? Because, you know, you work, you're a parent, you know, that's already a lot to balance with then training to be a competitive athlete. What was the drive that made you go, yeah, I'm going to do this? The idea of just bettering myself. Like if I'm this much better at running or this much better at an obstacle or at monkey bars or carries, like just kind of seeing that progress constantly is what drives me even to this day. It's just like always seeing some kind of progression um, and just making sure I can just be a little bit better than I was the time before that makes me enjoy racing. You say that, you know, you obviously, you weren't a good runner. You worked on the technical, technical aspects. You worked on the um, obstacles and then you met Yancey and, and started training with him. It didn't take you very long to get onto a podium. But I mean, we're now in 2023. And from what I've seen from you this year, like you are an incredible runner now. Like your running and your obstacles are just, they're up here. In the in the couple of races I've seen you in, you know, you're hot on Chris's, Chris Rogloski's ta uh, tail. And I also heard someone comment that the two of you have been quite competitive for quite a few years. Yeah, so she's been in the sport for a few years. Um, she used to live here in Texas. So that's how I originally, like we cross paths and we've been going back and forth ever since like I'd win one, she'd win one, you know, and we just have fun with that aspect of it. And, um, there was a while there, like I wasn't a good runner, but I was good at obstacles where like battle frog was still around. Mm. And so I would get through things with just being good at that. Or if like it was a sap or a Spartan that the obstacles were wet, um, I'd be able to like do really well. Um, and then slowly, like my running just got better and better. And I just kept kind of going at it. And then, you know, I would say in like the last two or three years, it kind of has slowly all come together on both sides where like my running is just enough to be up there. And my obstacles are just enough to be there as well. Um, so it's kind of fun to see that all come together. And I keep working on like what I can do to make it even more right. Cause I want to <laughs> close that gap um, between me and Chris or me and like Lindsay or anybody like that. Obviously mm. Lindsay's on another planet, but if we can just make it a little bit smaller, that's great too. <laughs> so what are, you've already started, as I've said, this is like the fourth time I'm saying you started this year off incredibly well so far. Um, did you have a big plan for the year ahead or were you kind I did of just... not. <laughs> I actually wasn't even going to race this year. If I'm honest, um, my son's 15 and he does track and field and cross country and I was going to focus more on his um, sport and just watching him grow. Like he's a sub five miler as a freshman in high school and his uh, two mile is like sub 10. So I wanted to see like where his goes and pay more attention to what he was doing. But I was like, maybe I can manage doing both. Um, last year, I kind of stuck to the Spartan series and really um, just kind of chased the point series there. And then I figured this year I'd like to do the Savage series. So I was like, I'll do that. And then maybe I'll like close it all out with OCR World Championship since I haven't been to one in a while. I did the North American Championship a few times, mm -hmm. uh, but I would like to go back to OCR World Championship and see the rigs again. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing at the rigs. No, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> so what's talking about rigs, what's your kind of fine, favorite style of racing? Are you... Because I know with Savage Racing, we have the Savage Rig, which is, um, you know, can be pretty nasty. But what part of it, of OCR, kind of ignites you? 
that you love taking on the challenge of? I like really hard rigs and I like them to have a flow. I think that that makes it fun. Um, kind of like the new one that Savage has with Gibbons and the ring, like it has a flow to it. Um, and yet it's hard enough that you have to question whether you're going to get through it. And I think that that's what's fun. Um, I think that's what I loved about Battle Frog back when they were around is that you weren't really sure if you were going to make it through the second lap because you had to do two laps, four rigs. Uh -huh. um, it was like you could get really, really good, but you just never know what could happen, right? Um, while like with Spartan, it got to be where the obstacles were kind of the same, the rigs were the same. So you just mastered it. And we all mm -hmm. knew that we would get through them and maybe something would happen, but maybe not. But with Savage, like anything could happen, like someone could fail it and not get through at all. And that makes it exciting. And that's what makes OCR World Championship exciting as well. And then I love heavy carries, like anything heavy up a mountain is my favorite. Okay, so it does sound like you are going to enjoy OCRWC this year with being at Mammoth <laughs> and, and all I of like that. But it was at Stratton. It was a good course, but I also liked them when they were at Ohio. That was uh -huh. an insane course there yeah. too. Yeah, the weather was was pretty unkind there as well. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned Spartan there before. You kind of said about the obstacles at Spartan. I was thinking how would you kind of fit in with the Spartan 3K series, which we just saw the first one of um, the other day? Is that something that you would be interested in taking on? Because it's obviously, you know, it's fast running, but it's it's more, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Is it something you'd be interested in? So at first, um, when I heard about it, I was not. I was like, eh, I don't know, like how I feel about running in circles. Like if I wanted to do that, I'd do track or something like that but after I watched the live feed like I had major FOMO and the rig was legit like they did a good job with that and they set it right right out of water so people's hands were somewhat wet um I think they did a good job and I I made me a little excited to try it um but I definitely wouldn't say 100 percent mm -hmm. I'd go find one right now I'm having fun with the Savage series and just being able to test myself over there and finding out that like I need to work on certain things makes me want to continue training um but we'll see I might I might not <laughs> I think it was um possibly harder than people were expecting people I think so too but I also think the heat kind of hurt people like if you don't live in that area mm. where it's 80 degrees in the afternoon and you've been in the more like cold it's kind of tough to go out there and put on a race and then do it again multiple times if you're not used to that like it's it hurts your body after a while <laughs> true and of course it's at the end of a day isn't it well it's yeah they did it day rather than like 8 a.m start which races always are yeah, yeah yeah so it does change things when it's that much later and then you're not used to the heat um, but I think it, it was a cool course. I'd like to see the female field be more competitive. I think that that would make it more exciting having, you know, people battle out a little bit more like mm -hmm. the men's field was legit. Awesome to watch. And they had those three heats, but I think the women's field, if it could get a little bit bigger, it would be a good, good race. It's difficult with women racing. And obviously I'm a huge supporter of women in OCR. Um, and I want to see more women racing. I've Okay, recently the men's, and this is something I've spoken about, so I won't say it too much. I think recently the men's competition has got far more exciting than it was a few years ago. In the past, it was always the women's uh, competition that was more interesting because you never, I mean, yes, Lindsay, but it was never always a given. It was a high probability, but not a given. 
Um, and I think the women's competition now is incredible and it's so exciting, but there's still just not a big enough field. And and I don't know how, even with OCRWC, like we want to bring more women in and women can definitely take it on and do it. But I don't know what it is that's stopping women from doing it. I do agree. Um, I think the women's field has gotten better than it used to be, but you did have work where you had the five, five the fat five, where it was Rhea, Lindsay, Nicole, um, Rebecca Hammond ended up jumping in there, face standing. When you had that like group of pack where you just weren't sure and you had those competitions and battles within of who might get one first, second, or third, it makes racing exciting. Mm. And so like that's where the men's field gets fun to watch because you have those battles, right? Mm. And so I, I I agree, we do need more women doing it and we need, but I it's kind of hard because I don't know what why we don't have that. Mm. Yeah, the, you know, <laughs> Nicole's been working on the dream team and kind of promoting women in OCR and getting them in. But I was, I think I mentioned this a while ago, whether it was privately or on a podcast, I'm not sure. But there's some kind of studies that say that when it comes to job applications, men will take something on, will apply for a job if they're not entirely sure that they're qualified. They'll just try it. And women will only apply if they, think they tick a really high percentage of boxes and I wonder if it's something like that like I'll do it if I know I can do well rather than I'll do it and see what happens that's true but I also think that I mean if you look at track and field you have a lot of women in there and that's like a stacked field while like an OCR it's kind of a we get dirty we get muddy we get gritty and there's maybe not that many women out there that are like that does that make sense? Or that enjoy yeah. that? I think that um, could be a point. So that would make sense. Like men are going to get out there. They're going to work hard. They're going to get dirty. And they're used to that. Like that's just in their genes. Um, and maybe we don't have that in our genes exactly. So we just haven't seen that growth there because we've seen people come from track, come in, try it, and then decide like that's not for them. Mm. So I don't know. It's a tough one. I think it. It's hard, but like the ones that are good are really, really good. But they're you want to really see good. that top one percent to be a bigger field. Yeah, it's it's, and we're it's trying ex- to close that gap. <laughs> <laughs> trying. So you're. I'll just rewind a little bit and go back to when you found Yancy and started training with him. I made a comment that you know that was a really fast progression from you know doing open wave to trying elite to then being on a podium. How? What, how did that happen so fast? Is it, it, it's quite incredible. I think just like putting your head down and putting in the work at the end of the day, it's the process, right? So if you do those little things that will make you a little bit better each day, it's going to all add up and it's not exactly has to be fast. It just means that you are dead. Like you put in that dedication, right? So if every day I were to work out and run and lift and do obstacles, after a month or two, I'm going to be better at it slowly. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that that it just took those little things to come together. Now that I might have been on the podium, but that doesn't mean I wasn't like 10 minutes behind the leader. So that's where my next thing was like, how do I close that gap behind whoever's in front of me? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when Lindsay has 10 minutes or 15 minutes ahead, I got to figure out how to close that gap, right? Because mm-hmm. that's the only way I'm going to play in their planet or their field. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. Like I got to 
I might have been able to podium and it might have been a one off situation, but I got to figure out how to close that gap. And it's just putting in that work. But for anybody out there that's like, oh, I want to do something like that or get on the podium, you just got to put that day in, day out work that maybe isn't exciting. It's mm-hmm. getting up and just running and putting the base training in and putting the speed work in. There's not a special like workout that's going to change everybody's world, right? Mm. Commitment so. and consistency, basically. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> if you have 10 B workouts, that's going to be better than having one big a workout is kind of what I read recently in a book. And I was like, Oh, that's true. Like if you're constantly putting, you know, money in your bank, you're going to end up having a bigger bank than if you're just like not putting money in the piggy bank. Yeah. A little bit of a a time. There's a saying that goes with that. I'm sure like, I can't think of it right now, but yeah, step at a time. <laughs> little basically. goes a long way. <laughs> things, yeah, but yeah, a little goes a long way, but it does. A little consistent, consistently adds up to a lot without even necessarily noticing it. So that's, that's good because yeah. people do kind of, I do notice this a lot. And um, I think, so I'm in my late 30s now and I'm kind of at the age where it's a very important age for me to kind of keep fitness up. Um, and you know, a lot of, I've got a lot of friends that are kind of roughly the same age and people kind of go for huge changes in lifestyle. They go, oh no, I've got, you know, I'm a bit unfit or maybe I've put in a bit of weight and they go for a huge change in lifestyle. And I always say the same thing, which is at this point, I mean, unless you're an athlete training for something particular, but let's be honest, that's still not going to happen quickly. At this point it's kind of about small lifestyle changes that are consistent for the rest of your life to increase longevity and enjoyment of life like if you go full on into something change your diet start working out five days a week you're gonna crash so quickly whereas if yeah, you just go I'll just swap this out that. for this and and I'll just start walking instead of okay now I'm used to walking now maybe I'll add a run in once a week and now I'll add this in and it and it adds up so it's kind of good to hear that that the same works for an athlete as well <laughs> No, that's totally true. Like the only way that, and as a dental hygienist, I deal with this all the time with flossing. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) likes to do that. And so what, if I were to tell a patient, like you're going to do it every day, they're not going to do it every day because you can only build a habit slowly. And so I have to tell people like twice a week, if you just do that twice a week, we'll add a day and and then another day. And there's going to come a point where you can't do without it. So I feel the same way with running. Like if you wanted to just start running or being better at it, if you can just get a couple days in, and obviously the other days do something else like bike, but then add another day. And then at some point you're running six days a week and then you're adding a long run in and training. It'll add up over time. And then you can't live without it because you slightly come addicted to that feeling of feeling good. Right. Mm. So, yeah, it makes sense. So you started working with Yancy and things started to improve. What was kind of your journey and I mean, you can't list it all, obviously, because that would take you forever. But the kind of key moments for you between that first podium to where you are today, the things oh, that man. you're really proud of that stand out. I have been all over the place in that sense. Um, I got fourth at World's Toughest Mutter wow. a few years back. I got fifth at Spartan Worlds a few years back, 2019, I think. Um, so those are like my two favorite races that I could be like, wow, that was crazy. That happened. Um, and then I would say like the Spartan series, like being able to like 
compete in that and being around like all these amazing women was also part of my journey of fun. And then I also got third at OCR, um, the North American mm. championship in the 3K for the short course. Oh, nice. Two, so so. Your running really has improved that if you say if your running wasn't great to then be placing at the 3K. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely every year I've gotten better at my running and focused on it and then just like speed work. And I didn't know that at that point I would create a monster with my son as a training buddy, (laughs) but I have in a weird way. So now I'm able to like still do speed workouts and like chase him around, which is like the weirdest thing. Cause I never thought that would ever happen, but now I'm chasing him on the trails and I'm chasing him and he's keeping my speed alive that way. Cause I'm 38 years old. I'm not young. Um, so it's kind of fun to see that I can still play with people that are younger than I mm. am and be competitive, if that makes sense. So even when like, I'll get like third or fourth, I'm like, well, if they're half my age, I did really good. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to sound patronizing. I'm pretty much the same age as you. And I'm also, I also have a child and it's really nice to see, hear this that you know you are performing at this level and that it is possible um because sometimes i think that i'm like well you know i'm you know i'm late 30s and i've had a kid yeah you kind of it's almost like not making an excuse but making allowances for lack of performance or lack of fitness and go okay well it's easy when you're in your 20s but i still wasn't great in my 20s either but i don't know it's quite amazing and I hope you don't take that as, as being patronizing. It's more like, I mean, I I think it's wonderful and it's a great message to show that like, if you work hard and you are committed to something that, that, that fitness and that skill can continue, because I do think it makes a difference. And I, I, I don't think people realize the difference that 10 years can make. And I won't, I don't realize it. I don't realize how I'm going to feel when I'm in, you know, my late forties, et cetera. And maybe the things that I'm not so competent at. So to be chasing down women in their 20s, I think, is incredible. I think you could be competitive way, like, into your 40s and 50s. I mean, look at Heather Goldnick's a perfect example. She's in her 40s, Faye um, in her 40s, and they're, like, so amazing at what they do. And then Jason's 38 as well. Um, And then if you look at the men's side, all of the guys that have been Spartan world champs have all been 40, 41. Yeah. Brian Woods. Um, Men, I, I, I think there's something about, I don't know. So I, I don't want to do this too much because people may have heard me talk about it before, but the change in my body when I had a kid, um, it's taken me years to kind of get back to fitness. You know, there was back problems, sciatica, just physical changes in my body. Some that I can't, get past so I think that's a big thing as well but to go yeah you can you can still be incredible you can create a human and and still be incredible it's very possible because sometimes it feels really difficult it's tough when women are moms because there's two sides of it you do have mommy power where like you have to overcome a lot of things um mentally and you makes you stronger as an athlete like there's a lot of people like I agree with that yeah um Casey Monroe is a perfect example she had her baby and she's out there also killing it and doing really well. Rose Wetzel, like you can have mm-hmm. a kid and still be a great athlete. It's just finding that balance. But as women age, I think strength training is like such a huge thing because mm-hmm. 
when you're in your late thirties, obviously you got to still strength train and keep your bone density up. And that's going to be what you need in your forties to be a strong runner. Right. Mm. So sometimes a lot of women don't want to lift heavy because they're scared that they'll get bulky. And that's not the case. You just get stronger. And that's what makes you a better runner. Like I started strength training a few years ago, like heavy, and I've become a better runner from it and a stronger runner, which is why I can still play mm. the field. Right. Mm. So I think lifting's a big, a big thing. And then you can go look at studies. I mean, I love to listen to podcasts. I hear about it all the time. I think it's really important for women to lift heavy and not be scared to pick up weights because it's only going to make you a better runner. I love lifting. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of running. I'm not going to lie. I've, I've been <laughs> trying to do it lately. I just ran my first marathon. I didn't enjoy it. Um, but I love lifting and I'm like, cool. <laughs> I'm running a Can bit you do now. a road marathon or a trail yeah, marathon? Road. Oh, you got to do a trail. I feel like I the road, it's so, and it, some people are going to like hate me for saying this. It is so boring. Like it's it so is boring. like staring. At least on trails, you get to jump around rocks. Or you're always yes, looking at something. to look at. at yeah. I agree. When I first started training for OCR, and so I did more trail running to just get used to, because I mean, just the change in um, underfoot, like it, it, it can, it's really difficult. So obviously, I started doing more trail running. I was like, "Wow, this makes running easy because it's so interesting." Because unfortunately, it's I have a, a very short attention span. So yeah, I know it was just it was a tick box to get done. But I love lifting. I do love lifting. I like I'm I'm not fantastic at it, but I enjoy it. Um, and yes, you are right. A lot of women do. I mean, the weightlifting club that I'm at, the, it is very female heavy. We've got a lot of women there, and we joke about the name and call it women's weightlifting club. And some of those, you know, they they are strong, um more muscular women but they dedicate every day to weightlifting and that's their goal is to build those solid muscles but yeah for runners for sure and for women especially women uh of our age etc it is so so important and so valuable and not that scary i know people think it's really scary but it's really not it's so nice <laughs> see i'm the opposite i love to run and i'm not i lifting the burn that you feel is not my jam, but the benefits you get from it. I do enjoy that part of it. Mm. Um, so I do do it. And I, I have a gym that I go to iron fit that they do all my like strength programming, mm. um, besides like what I do with Yancey. And it's just fun to do stuff that I normally don't do. Like I don't normally press things over my head. I don't normally bench press. So it's good to do those things because I work on muscles. I normally didn't used to, mm. um, and just do kind of stuff that I'm just not, that I normally don't see an OCR or training period. I think I probably like it because you get to gossip a lot during sessions. <laughs> so actually my partner that I train with, she, um, her, my strength partner, she basically loves dogs. So all we mm. do is talk about dogs. Nice. So that's basically it. But yeah, I'm not much of a chit chat besides like dance around and talk about dogs and tacos. <laughs> I mean two <laughs> wonderful things so <laughs> yeah I did did you read um Lindsay posted a blog the other day which she shared on her personal Instagram as well about um it was about size and racing did you read it I did read a part of it I didn't get to like go back I think I was like doing something but I was like oh I want to go back and read that I thought it was excellent um 
and what you just said about women lifting and building strength and being scared of building muscle kind of that's what made me think of it which is why I brought it up but I, I found it so interesting to read from Lindsay who's saying you know I'm starting on the start line and looking at myself with these different muscles to these girls who are runners and they're very lithe and I just thought it was a really really lovely blog post about how the body works and how our perceptions what our perceptions are of our body and actually how to make the healthiest body um because it's not always being the smallest is not going to make you the strongest but there's always that little worm in the brain that goes yes but you need to be to be lighter to run faster but that can lead to injury etc and it was really great so to everyone I I, I'm definitely recommend it it's um I think that's such a good um, thing for her to advocate, not just for women themselves, but like my son um, does OCRs also, and he lifts. And when he goes out on the start line and he's 15, Mm. he looks at the guys next to him and they're all very small and Mm. very, very small compared to him. He just has a different body style. And Mm. when he looks at his pictures, he says comments, like, he'll be like, I'm just bigger than them. And I'm like, but that's not a bad thing. You're stronger. Mm. You're going to be a better runner. And not only that, you beat some of them and yet you are full muscle. Like I think muscle just helps you stay injury free. And I think that that's great that she brings that up because it's important that people don't think smaller is better. Cause it's not, there is a ratio that obviously you need mm. to have, like you got to find that balance that works for you and it works different for everybody. Right. Mm. I mean, Hunter McIntyre is a perfect example that <laughs> he's, he's a, a big, big boy. boy. And he can run really fast. I actually, the first podcast I did with Rylan on this series, which was series two, I would recommend for your son. And then any guys who then have this thought about body image and size, because he spoke about how in his previous sporting career, um, he was always trying to get smaller and actually then battled with an eating disorder to try and bring his body weight down to be faster. And now, I mean, you know, he's pure muscle. He's a, yeah. he's a, he's a strong guy. And, but it's been a battle for him to kind of align. So it's, it's interesting to hear that, you know, it's, it's not just a thing that women deal with. This is across the board. It can happen to everyone uh, when it comes to sport and trying to align size with performance. Yeah, so I actually listened to that podcast and okay. I was talking to him at Savage Race because I brought up how my son had made that comment. And he was like, if your son needs anybody to talk to, send him my way because I'll tell him you don't have to be small to run fast. And I think that that's mm. good for him to have other males to look up to that are going to be able to like open those doors that it's not just a female thing. It's a male thing too. But I hear it as a female too. Like I've lined up at a local 5k at the road. And when I finish and I won, I've had people be like, Oh, what sport do you do? And I'm like, I'm sorry. And they're like, well, you just have a lot of muscle. And I'm like, okay, like (laughs) one very awkward comment, but two, I'm an obstacle horse racer. And they're like, Oh, I totally thought you were a triathlete. And I'm like, okay, thanks. And then I've had also another person while running trails be like, you're not small for a trail runner. And I'm like, Oh, thank you. These comments are not acceptable, but thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can, you know, those things can be said in a way that's, um, for example, I did a half with one of my friends and there was a girl as we were walking to our car that just had the most beautiful, like she'd clearly worked so hard in the gym. Like she just had muscles and it was great. She looked wonderful. And I didn't say anything to her directly because it would have been a bit creepy. But I said to my friend, I was like, <laughs> you know, she 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 looks fantastic. She's got great muscles. But, you know, I'm, I am commenting on it, but I'm 
in no way to hopefully ever sound judgmental even though obviously saying that's that's good is a judgment call but it's like you look like I appreciate the work you've put in here it is paying <laughs> off well done um and she looked like she'd barely broken a sweat as well so <laughs> it obviously worked for her fitness those are different because you're just admiring her but I just feel like in the trail world you do get to see um different bodies move around in OCR as well that do well for their body type and we have to admire that we're all different right like Lindsay is going to be different than Chris and Chris is going to be different than me and Jamie is going to be different like we're all different body types yet we're all great athletes and I think that that's What's most important is that we are healthy and what you look like shouldn't be a factor into what you do on course, right? Mm. Yeah. And, and you know, even down to amateurs and, and people who do it for fun, like I've seen bodies running far faster than me that somebody might judge on the street and go, well, they don't look very fit. And it's like, well, they're a lot stronger than I am. Um, and even myself, you know, when I did a half and it was my first time I'd ever done a half and I saw the pictures and the first thing I did was feel disappointed about the way that I looked and oh, my arms look big and my tummy looks big. And I had to, I really had to kick myself about work, it because I was like, I've just, yeah. <laughs> just run a half for the first time ever. Um, and, you know, it's nothing to do with my size because I've been tiny and I, I still wasn't happy so it's about acceptance of self but what I need to accept is I'm stronger than I've ever been I might have a little bit of a belly but I'm stronger than I've ever been so it doesn't ultimately the outward appearance isn't really doesn't have an impact because I can do more now than I could do 10 years ago when I was 20 kilos lighter. <laughs> do you know like it's so difficult we are such strong critics of ourselves and and what I saw something this week that that really stuck with me was you know I don't I've never seen a human and judged their worth or value on how they look or thought anything cruel. So why do I do it to myself? I think I heard a quote like that. Would you talk to someone else the way you talk to yourself? Would you be friends with someone with, that talks to you the way you talk to yourself? And I was mm. like, oh, that is so true. Like, would I be friends with someone? Because we're all the worst because we look in the mirror <laughs> yeah. and we look at certain things and we look at other people and I'm you know, guilty of it as well. Like we all are, but we always forget that we have to be kind to ourselves too. Mm. And no one's going to like, like you more because you're 10 pounds skinnier or because you have a little more muscle on you. They're, they're not going to know this. <laughs> no, people remember how you make them feel at the end of the day. So that's like the more important part is like how you make someone else feel. Mm. And yeah, I suppose it's the same for our bodies and ourselves. It's how they make us feel is what's important you know can we can they perform well which is something that I've always loved about OCR because it's such a accessible sport for so many people you know it's something that everyone can get in the diary and and have to work towards and if they're working towards it their fitness is going to improve and when people have a goal that's based on performance rather than aesthetics then they start to have interest in how their body feels and how they can use it to perform and how it looks becomes less important I know I've just said that comment about how I judge myself but how I look has become less important because I'm more concerned in can I can I achieve this can I manage this can I get through this and it's it's one of the reasons why I think OCR is so incredible I totally agree with that and you're just gonna get fitter anyways because you're gonna be like if I can do monkey bars like this then I'm gonna get better and then you're just gonna get stronger and your arms are gonna get fitter because you're playing on these obstacles and like how cool is it that we get to play on an adult playground on the weekends I've always said like it's just letting yourself loose a little you know getting covered in mud which is just so 
can be so liberating. Sometimes it can be a bit cold. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, on the whole, it's just to to play around like big kids, making exercise kind of fun, fun rather than just a thing that you have to do in order to exist. It's like, no, this is fun. I enjoy this. I'm going to, yeah, monkey bars. Who gets to do monkey bars? <laughs> and that's where, like, the 3K course thing to me, I don't like the structure because one of the reasons I fell in love with Spartan period was the getting out back and, and not having a plan or how would I say, like, it's just was so rugged. And mm. that's where like, I like that part of it. Like we have so much structure during the week, right? We work, we are parents, we're mm. a husband, we're a wife, we're a mom, we're sisters, we're all this stuff, right? So every day you get up, you do those things on the weekends, when I go to play and do something I love, I don't want that structure or I guess, I don't even know what the word that they were using when they were trying to like uh, standardize everything. I don't want yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Pretty standardized during the week. Why would I want that on the weekend? Like the whole reason we fell in love was that there was a wildness of being out on a mountain, out on a course that we weren't sure that was going to happen. You know, you don't know if you're going to get through an obstacle. Like that's what makes us love this sport. And that's where I would like the roots to go back to, but I don't mm. get to make those decisions. No, um, none of us do, unfortunately. <laughs> but that's what Spartan used to do. And I, yeah. Now, having worked in OCR for longer, I can kind of, I can see it was a clever tactic for covering your back for when problems happen, because it does. But they never used to release a course map and they'd say, you'll deal with what you come up against on the day. You don't need to, you know, you don't need to know exactly what other things are happening in. Um, whereas ah. now, yes, things are standardized and they do release course maps and sometimes things change because problems happen. We all know that. Um, but yes, it is quite, now you said that, it is quite an about turn on 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 the stance that they used to have. And I think you do have to have like some standards, but like if you do too much standard, like at what point is it fun or mm. wild still, right? Mm. But it is what it is. Like we can't control all of it, but you still have like, you know, Savage is still a wild. Like you never know what you're going to get with them. You never know what the rig's going to be. It's always different. Mm. Um, World Championship, same thing. Like they put a course out, but you still don't know what you're going to get when you go and see what obstacles they have. I think that Spartan still has that with the, the standardization of the 3K. It's just a little bit more in a box, right? Like you still mm. don't know how it's going to play out because we didn't know who was going to win yesterday or the other day. You just mm. don't know. But there's just a little more standard for my taste. I totally get that. Um, and I, I don't think you're alone in that. It's, it's a really tricky one for the sport because there are some things like I'm all up for innovation and new things happening, but I don't think that needs to be at the loss of other aspects of the sport. Like there's, yeah. there's still so much to explore. I don't think we need to pigeonhole ourselves into one tiny event. There, there are still like, there are so many different types of events and types of obstacles that we can come up with and, and try and I, I like what you say about um savage I've, I've been really impressed with savage they've, and they've got a lot of respect from people uh for the way that they i mean they pay out immediately they increase their packets they seem to listen to athlete feedback um but i also like the way that they design the courses in that they the obstacles are not the same every time There's, it's kind of like a, a pick a mix <laughs> they, it changes 
Yeah. Like you don't know what you're going to get. It's like that egg that you don't know if it has the money in it or a candy. <laughs> so I think that that's kind of fun about Savage is that you just don't know what the rig is going to be like, but you also do know that it's going to be a six mile course. And you do know that there's going to mm-hmm. be certain things and they're very clever how they make the course. Like a perfect example was the last one we did. They put all the hard obstacles at the very last half mile. And that was so smart. Mm. Yeah. Like it really rig did. at the end. Ooh. Yeah, that was, that was right at the end, wasn't it? Yeah, it was right before we had to go jump in the ice. <laughs> <sighs> I but do not like it. It's fun, like the way that they are doing things. And it's not even about that they pay out right away as much as like they do respect the athletes and they do respect like athlete feedback. And I think that that's like the most important part is being heard, even though you might not do right away what you those athletes might want but being heard is important Mm. yeah I agree a lot of people a lot of people do shout um and don't necessarily have constructive things to say it can be problematic but a lot of people have got some really really great ideas especially people have been involved in the sport and seen the way it's evolved and changed and have raced a lot of different events It's, it's really worth listening to and you know the better the the elite competition the better the coverage the more people are going to see it the more people are going to go along the more the sport is going to grow and the more people are going to bring in and and also make it kind of cool and enticing to younger people as well to keep the sport growing and to get the young athletes in which is always a bit of a problem I see it also from a perspective of my son wants to do this when he gets older Mm. and when he sees like like the live feeds when they're like the ways that we can make them better. Right. And mm. it should like, we want it to keep growing and you want people to tune in. Cause then he's going to watch it at home with his friends and his mm. friends are going to be like, Oh, I want to join that. So then we have people that we know in five, six, seven years are going to put money into the sport mm-hmm. and are going to want to be out there doing it and being part of it. And that's what I want. Like if you ever hear me on my social media, complain about live feeds. It's just because I want the sport to grow because it's not growth for me. Cause I am going to be done with this sport in a few years mm. or, you know, like I'm not going to be competitive in the next year or two. Like I plan to retire my competitive, I guess, world and go and do age group and do that kind of stuff. I'll still be around, but mm. I, my focus is more that I see people like my son and there's other kids in this sport that look up to all these athletes and we want it to continue to grow. And I think Mm. that that's what's more important. And we want, you know, the live feed is important because if you have 10 people in a room watching it, they're going to be like, I want to do that. Mm. And then they're going to talk to their friends and they're going to get more people. And then there's more people doing it. It's really Mm. cool to see that. So I just want to see all that grow. And that's pretty much like if anybody ever sees me complain, it's not because (laughs) I personally want it it's because I want it for my son and for other kids that are going to be the future of the sport because it's going to be important because that's where it's at like we we all watch sports on tv Mm. and they make money off of that yeah I mean I'm not gonna lie I have a rule um a blanket rule just to not read comments on social (laughs) because if I read everything I mean I I have no idea what your comments have been this isn't necessarily directed at you but if I read comments on everything I've ever been involved in I'd probably be quite depressed I had advice when I first started in broadcasting and uh, this woman said to me she was like there are going to be people that just don't like you and there's nothing you can do about it so just just ignore it so I was like yeah it it, it's something you know I'm kind of like it's difficult because you need feedback to grow but also 
people are human and I, I'm not going to lie I can't, I can't handle it <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it when people yeah. say mean things so I kind of I, I I love when people come with directed feedback like oh this would be really helpful this would be cool to see but in terms of comments I just never read them because I don't know what I'm oh, yeah. across um <laughs> my comments are never like this person is not good at their my comments are more like okay so maybe the screen shouldn't be fuzzy. Like how do we get a Wi-Fi out there to make it clearer? Like how can we get more people in the, like with Savage's example, no one's in the woods watching those battles. That's like some of the fun stuff that we're missing out on when we go back and watch it. And the reason I I, I know is because I watch this stuff on my treadmill. Like I get bored. So I watch <laughs> the live feeds and that's how I get through my workouts on a treadmill when I have to pretend I'm in a mountain because I live in mm. Texas. We don't have mountains here <laughs> and I love to run. So mountain running is my favorite. So to sit two hours at 15%, I got to watch Oof. the live feeds. And I'm talking from Spartan 2015 to Savage 2015 all the way to now I watched it all. You asked me a question about it. I could probably tell you every little detail. It's I'm almost ridiculous. <laughs> and who won it and how they won it and where they messed up. Like I just know those things. And that's also what I watch to see where I can be better yeah, at Yeah, that's good. Fix things, right? But like having fuzzy screens like the 3K, I don't know if you watched it for Spartan, like to mm. me like that I want to like log off of it because like, I don't want to see a fuzzy screen or they have it on something because they can't get somewhere else. And it's just like, I would like to see the sport get better because we can't have fuzzy screens. It's 2013 or 23. We, we so can actually I'll, I'll, I'll give you some insight. So obviously that um, it was the OCR report who did the 3k coverage for the Spartan who I work with as well. Um, and it was uh, Jason Dupree is the producer who does everything. And he was on site for that. So we've talked about it in the last couple of days, basically, just so you know, and anyone else listening knows. Yeah. And he turned up and the download speeds were just non-existent. Um, like he was really struggling with coverage, which can happen. And he has like, he's he knows a lot about the technology that I don't know. Um, and he has ways of kind of bringing signal and boosting signal. But unfortunately, and this is, this is kind of where it's a bit of a tricky cycle, there are... Um, I'm not going to pretend I know anything about it. There's a technology that can basically increase the signal and and make it so that everyone will have much better coverage. Unfortunately, it costs tens of thousands of dollars. Like it costs so much money. So it's one of those things it's like we need, and I entirely agree with you, and he would entirely agree with you, and everyone who was part of that coverage would agree, the pictures at times just weren't good enough. And it's so frustrating because when you're doing the commentary and you can see all of the screens, you're like, I can't really see what's going on anywhere because for some reason coverage is cut out. You know, there's also something on top of that. You might go and check coverage somewhere and it's fine. But then when you've got a couple of thousand people on, on site in the middle of nowhere, suddenly the availability of coverage just disappears. And it is 2023, but things are not as good as we think they are. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a tricky um, cycle because we need better coverage to get the people watching, to bring the money in. But we can't do the better coverage without the money coming in. In order, do you know what I mean? Like it's 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 one no, of those totally. horrible circles. It's like what? what and I don't first? blame OCR. I uh, OCR report at all. Like it's like totally their fault. I just think that like okay, what do we need to do to figure that out? Whether does that mean that we do post production where they film everything and then they were able to like edit and put it together after and have like something that's like clean cut or what how does that work right and that's totally not their fault but it's like as a, a, a viewer it's frustrating how do we all figure out ideas to make it better that's all 
Yeah, no, I, I entirely agree. And I'm absolutely not attacking you. It's just yeah, interesting because this is a conversation we've had. Um, and I'm going to do, I am actually going to get Jason on at some point in the next couple of months. So I'll make sure I send that to you when that happens. I'm sure of... Jason, and I, I, I know Jason, and I'm sure when he's watching and he's like, oh man, I can't, I can't have this. Like, yeah. I want something good. Like, I know where they feel for it. And they're doing, listen, they're doing a great job. Like, we at least have a live for all mm. this. It's just, better than what we didn't have before like we should be happy with that but just like to see the sport grow we gotta continue to grow that too right mm-hmm. so those are just things that I would like to see do better and that doesn't mean it has to happen now it could be like next year or the year mm-hmm. after but we gotta find that way where we can make these cool videos where people do want to go back and watch it mm-hmm. and it's cool and that it, maybe it's a live feed and then they do a post-production with the videos after and put something together too. Like you can do both. Spartan did it at one point, but I mean, obviously they had NBC and all of them at that time, but they had like a live feed and then on Facebook. And then after they had the post-production with the interviews and they both, I watched both of them. We don't get bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I mean, in an ideal world, I absolutely agree with you. And unfortunately, as with everything with all of us, it comes down to one thing, um, which Money. is such a shame. Yeah. totally but at least it's happening so I think that that's the coolest part is the OCR report is having live feeds of everything Mm and like I'm super thankful to be able to like log in and and watch it when I'm like just got done working out and stretching or I'm in the car like I think it's great that we have it Mm. well I'm glad you like it I'm totally, I, I completely agree with you what you say. There are some things that definitely need to improve and to put your mind at rest. Like those are things that are being worked towards. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 yeah, it's a, Just a constant for- strive to get better. But yes, I mean, there's also so many different ways of, of doing coverage. I personally, um, on race day, I really like to see, because I'm, I'm busy a lot of the time. So sitting down and watching a live race for an hour might not necessarily happen but I like um Instagram you know I like Instagram stories where it's like okay this is quick just happened this has just happened this has just happened that's a way that I can easily digest it on race day um which is funny because I you know but there's there's so many different ways to cover for different people how they want it and again it's like the sport it's something that we're gonna evolve and and learn and uh work towards what is the best answer for enough people that we can do and hopefully as the sport grows um and e- e- even for the sports themselves like without it you know without talking about money too much but the better coverage we can have the more partners you bring in and the more sponsors and then the more money there is to give better coverage to make the sport better for the athletes and to keep it around because that's what we want ultimately what we want and i'm exactly the same as you like i don't really race anymore i'll do it for fun but I love the sport and I think it has value for everyone. I think it's a fantastic way for people to stay fit. And I think it's so much fun. So yeah, I I'm I'm I totally want it to be around and to keep growing. So anyways we can do that. I'm so on board. Yeah. Totally agree. Like we want the sport here 10 years from now when we're all older and we can just look back and be like, I used to do this, check this out. Like we do want that. So like yeah. people then there's always gonna be critics. Like we have to accept that too. And I'm gonna bring I'm always someone who is loud about things if I want to see something and I think we got to have that also right you got to have people voice their opinions so that we can see this grow because if you stay quiet nothing ever happens mm, agree yeah so agree. <laughs> we've gone off on a couple of tangents there I was saying oh, like yeah. I want to get to know you but unfortunately I do this I kind of the conversation starts and we go off in a direction but 
No, um, you're good. I, I, I appreciate you humoring me there on some uh, some very relevant topics. I think it's been, it's been <laughs> good fun. Um, so your plan for the year coming up, so in the next couple of years, you think you're kind of stepping back from elite competition, but this year, did you say you're going to focus on Savage and hopefully OCRWC? So Savage, OCR World Championship and DECA right now are what my plan is for this year. Um, I have fun at DECA. It's short. It's just something I like the team as well. Oh, it's so fun. I don't even know if I do well. I just like hang on for dear life to everybody else, but it's something that I do enjoy. And I, I mostly like the team stuff. So my son and I actually teamed up and we did the DECA in Austin together. And then it's just kind of neat to be able to do relays. I think those are my favorite. That's what I love about OCR World Championship too, is the relay part of it. Yeah. Like there brings everything together that makes it so fun. <laughs> And the community, yeah. like that day, everyone's cheering and just like yelling at each fun, other and it's yeah. fun. <laughs> so, but that's my plan. Those are my three. I might jump in to a Spartan 3K, maybe a Big Bear. I don't know. We'll see. Um, just to, I mean, I can't complain about it till I t- try it, right? So I got to get out there and do it and see what I see when I'm there. But yeah. I did get a little FOMO from watching it the other day. So I was like, oh, that would have been fun. That rig was awesome. It was cool. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine you would. I think a lot of people did. They kind of wish they'd actually been there when it came down to it happening. Because in the end, it's you know, it's a really fun looking event. Hard. I mean, looked really hard, but looked a lot of fun. Yeah, it did look good, and it was cool to see everybody's different, um, I guess, approaches of the rig. Like uh, Janka, who got second. I don't. I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right. Um, but she literally swung and skipped the ropes and hit the bell. Like that's one really hard, but two amazing, and she mm. did it every time. It was so cool. It was really nice to see. So it was um, Yonka and Man- Manuel uh, came over from Europe and podiumed. I know there were other Europeans as well. And it's really nice to see more Europeans in the States. Because so I think sometimes uh, they can get overlooked and how competent some of the European athletes are. You know, they are really, really good, but they just don't get the recognition in the States because there's so much technically happening there. Um, and we do have less coverage over here in Europe. So I was quite I was quite pleased to see those two on a podium. I was like, yeah, go guys. See, y'all have harder obstacles in Europe. Like I watch yeah. y'all stuff online and I'm like, this is amazing. Why can't we get this in the States? Mm. Like we might not survive in some of y'all's um, <laughs> races because they are a lot tougher. And like some of the obstacle density and like rigs and stuff that y'all put on over there are mm. just a way above ours, to be honest. There are some difficult ones. It's, I always kind of refer to it as the um, Swedish style of racing, where it's very rig heavy and upper yeah. body heavy. There are some really complex things, and yeah, it, it can be really tough. <laughs> so I always think like the Europeans are really, really, really good, and if they were over here, they probably whoop up on us a lot. <laughs> um, but we don't get too many of y'all coming mm. over the states. Like I know um Ida does and then there's a couple others that do get to come over here but you know we do see it when we went to Abu Dhabi in those areas but yeah. it would be cool to see more Europeans come here and race and I'd like to see more people from Mexico come up too you know mm, that'd be cool it's always fun when it's international right yeah yeah it just changes things up it's a bit of a surprise like oh there's a new face yeah 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 for sure definitely and more the better yeah the more people the better the more people in OCR and spreading the word and doing it the better I absolutely agree with that 
Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a lot of fun getting to know you and I'm looking forward to continue to watch how you do this year. And I really hope we'll get to see you at OCRWC. It'll be good to see you on those mountains. Keep training that. <laughs> I think people are going to, people know like there are mountains, but they're always surprised by how their legs don't perform. Like, did you do hills? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the mountains are a little bit different, but I'll keep wearing bright shorts for you. So you can always find me. <laughs> Honestly, like it's, it makes my life or everyone's life like so much easier. And last time I think you will have seen like, we're like, oh no. <laughs> my sister made a comment. She's like, they really liked your bright shorts because she watches the lives. Um, and they really liked your shorts. And it was funny because I watched a live feed with Bracken mm-hmm. um, for o- Ohio Savage two years ago. And he made the same comment of, I know all y'all like to wear black shorts, but it would be really great if y'all got some colors in here so we could see who's who. And well, it, it just means you're going to get more coverage as well. Like it makes our life easier and we're going to say your name more because sometimes like if the picture is a bit dodgy, it can be really difficult to pick people out of a crowd. I mean, there was a point where um, Chris and Jamie, because they're wearing exactly the same outfit, <laughs> even though they look completely different, um, it was like, oh, who is that? It was um, Jamie or Chris, I can't remember, were in Twist and Shout. And you can't really see much more than the clothes at that point. I'm, like, I'm not quite sure who it is. But if there's something <laughs> really bold, then, yeah, you know, you can recognize athletes by their running style, maybe. But again, just, yeah, if, if you wear something really obvious and we can pick you out really easily... Yeah, it does help. It does. Yes, it's fantastic. (laughs) So I I love it. Keep on. I'm very grateful for it. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. My absolute pleasure. And uh, yeah, thank you for joining me and uh, for letting us get get know you a little bit more. Absolutely appreciate it. Thank you.